Hi, this is Beth AQ, and this is the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. The Glass House is a space for spoken word artists, poets, sound makers, audio storytellers, emerging cultural leaders, thinkers, writers, and anyone who celebrates story as a means of self-expression, self-representation, and community building. I hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at BethanyAQ or the Triple R website. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened and arisen. There is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, Fat, vowed or celibate, we rise. <laughs> listening to The Glass House. My name is Beth AQ. I begin by acknowledging that we broadcast on stolen unceded lands here at Triple R of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I acknowledge this country's first peoples as the first storytellers of this land and acknowledge that context in which we continue to share stories. I pay respects to elders past and present and extend that to any First Nations people that might be tuning in this afternoon. It always was and it always will be Aboriginal land. Coming up on the show today, I'll be joined by poet, playwright and author out of Sydney and also one of the co-directors of the National Young Writers Festival, Mike Kennedy. We'll be be chatting all about their festival. Uh, If you don't know it, it is an annual festival for young people, for young writers. It does usually take place in Newcastle uh, in the first weekend of October. But as is the way in 2020, this year the festival will take place uh, entirely online. So we'll be talking uh, about their theme of Raucous Twenties, uh, a program that reflects on the past and looks towards an uncertain future. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. Triple R is listener supported radio and receives no direct government funding. If you would like to financially support Triple R by donating or becoming a subscriber, hit up rrr.org.au to find out how. 
Sydney-based poet, playwright, author and one of the co-directors of the National Young Writers Festival, Mike Kennedy, uh, is joining me on the line. If you're not familiar with the festival, it is uh, a festival that usually takes place in Newcastle uh, in the first week of October, but as is 2020 this year, uh, the festival will take place entirely online. Um, It is held from the 1st until the 4th of October this year. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it is a pleasure. Uh, I suppose, firstly, big congrats um, on the program launch. Um, I'd love to, I suppose, talk a little bit about the shift from, you know, having a physical festival to, um, you know, creating something that is completely online. Can you tell us a little bit about, I suppose, the planning that went into this year and, um, yeah, when you kind of knew that you, you might have to make that switch? Yeah, absolutely. So the festival is um, completely disaggregated. We don't have a sort of central office. All of the directors and co-managers are spread out across Australia. We've got some in Adelaide, Brisbane, Sydney. And so we had an initial planning meeting in mid-March that was in Melbourne. Um, And so everyone flew there to one of the co-managers' houses. And it was the week just before all of the major cities went into lockdown for the first time. So there was a very, very strange energy in the air in Melbourne when we were there. Um, And, uh, you know, some of us are quite, like, health-conscious people. I remember sitting on a tram with my uh, head folded into my knees like a lawn chair because I was afraid of uh, coming in direct contact with anyone. Um, And so the meeting itself went really well, but... Even at that point, it was pretty clear that uh, circumstances were changing quite quickly um, in the major cities and in the art sector. And so we went away from that meeting with a kind of preliminary plan for an in-person festival, but it became pretty clear in the following weeks um, that it wasn't likely to be possible. Mm -hmm. So we decided that we had two options to either you know, hope for the best, plan an in-person festival, and then if it didn't work out, we would have to cancel and do it next year. Or we could uh, hedge our bets and go online, and if it turns out that it would have been possible, then that's too bad, but at least we'd still have an online festival. And we thought that that would probably be the safest decision to make. And so we started the process of shifting everything onto the digital space. I feel like it is definitely one of the strengths of National Young Writers Festival. I think even prior to, you know, COVID-19, 2020, it's always been quite uh, nimble and proactive and, you know, on the f- on the front foot kind of festival. Um, I'd love to know a little bit about, yeah, that shift and I suppose what kinds of conversations went into the planning of what it looks like to have uh, an online festival, um, yeah, in 2020. Yeah, well, it all happened very quickly. Um, As you know, like the circumstances uh, changed like in the blink of an eye, uh, it feels. So um, we have like a really excellent team and um, uh, two co-managers that we work with who are called uh, Jesse uh, Jesse and Siesha. And um, Jesse works for Express Media as well, that runs the literary magazine VoiceWorks, and they've done a lot of sort of online programming uh, through their work. And so we realized pretty early on that that would probably be an analogous platform, and so we started trying to shift everything uh, online through these applications called StreamYard, which functions a little bit like Zoom. 
Um, and, you know, we've decided that it would probably be good if it was a split between live events and pre-recorded events, and that would give us some time to be able to pre-plan things and take the pressure off on the actual four days of the festival, which are coming up very soon. And as you say, one of the benefits of National Young Writers Festival is that it is pretty agile, and also the people that tend to be programmed are young artists, and for that reason, they're quite green and they're quite, you know, open to working around things and, like, very enthusiastic. And so we were a little bit concerned when we were making the jumps that a lot of them uh, wouldn't want to participate if it wasn't in person, but across the board, they all you know, jumped at the opportunity and have been incredibly responsive and, like, you know, helpful at every step of the way. So it's been fantastic. Mm. I think it's uh, it's interesting, I suppose, catering for the online space in, in terms of doing pre-records but then also doing live events. I imagine that the pre-production stage of uh, the festival is quite intensive just trying to get a bunch of the content um, ready. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, I suppose, where you're at now and, and how it's all how it's all panning out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're spot on. Like, it was almost a bit of a rude shock how uh, much work is involved in the pre-production side of things for the uh, pre-recorded events. But uh, we've done, I would say, probably about 80% of the pre-recorded events already, um, and they've all been recorded and edited, and they're sort of queued up and ready to go. Uh, we've still got a couple left to film, and then we're now in the process of organising all of the timing for the live events. Um, I'd say it's split maybe 30% pre-recorded and 70% live, so there's still a lot for us to go through. But the wheels are very much in motion, and uh, so far the uptake from the artists has been really enthusiastic. So we're feeling pretty good about it all. That's really exciting. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit about the theme that you've got for this year. It is um, raucous 20s. You're kind of reflecting on the past and also looking towards uh, an uncertain future, which I, I suppose feels more pertinent now than ever. Uh, can you tell yeah. us a little bit about what went into the thinking um, behind this theme and you know, behind some of the big driving questions of, of this year's festival? Yeah, of course. I think we sort of settled on the theme after talking about you know the, the turn into a new decade and it just happens to bear the same number as one of the decades that I would say is probably like most iconic when it comes to the like literary canon and literary history. People have a very nostalgic view of what the 1920s were like, that sort of era that's steeped in like jazz and liquor, the whole like um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Josephine Baker era, and then also across the pond you've got those um, sort of really boundary-pushing artists like um, Virginia Woolf, um, A Room of One's Own was written in the 20s as well. And so that's an energy that we wanted to draw from. But in saying that, we think that that sort of uh, backward-facing um, valorization of the past or that sort of level of um, extreme nostalgia can sometimes be a little bit counterproductive. Um, we wanted it to be sort of future-facing and helpful and critical. And so the idea was that we would uh, ask ourselves what sort of energy can we draw from that, that literary canon, you know, that scene past, um, but where were the places that they still needed work and what are the things that they didn't do well and in what areas are we still struggling with those sorts of things. So, you know, for example, we talk about the concept of that kind of literary scene and like literary vanguard being like very uh, whitewashed and narrow-minded in its focus 
and how, uh, you know, if we really want a sort of progressive literary movement and, like, artistic culture, that it needs to be an artistic culture that speaks to everyone's experiences and um, allows space for writers and artists of colour and for people of differing backgrounds and differing classes. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. If you have just joined us, we are chatting with co-director of National Young Writers Festival, Mike Kennedy. Mike, I'd love to, I suppose, talk about the lineup that you've put together for this year. Um, I imagine it is no easy feat uh, choosing which people are going where. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what went into the thinking behind um, which artists were placed in which events? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always uh, it's a huge privilege to be able to go through all of the applications and to see all of the people that put themselves forward. And you know, with any festival, there are far fewer spaces available than you know we would like, given the caliber of applicants. Um, I suppose we assess them based on a number of things, like. Um, you know, part of it is their their background and the sorts of things that they've written before, like their professional background, I should say, um, and, uh, you know, the sort of nature of their writing. But that being said, we are an uh, emerging and young writers festival, so we try not to, you know, be too prescriptive and to give away all the spots to people who are more established in their career because that's kind of counterintuitive to the skill-sharing mm. uh, idea. Um, but also we wanted to make sure that we have a good spread of artists from different states and territories. Um, we wanted to make sure that we've got a spread of ages, that we've got writers speaking to lots of different experiences and lots of different formats. So, um, uh, you know, we've got people that write for theatre and for screen, like poets, journalists, just trying to make sure that we kind of encapsulate as full a definition of writer as we can, I suppose. Mm. Um and I suppose you'd have a very different take on this. I know that you're based uh, in Sydney. We're obviously in Melbourne and, you know, we're still uh, in lockdown. It's been quite tricky. I'd, I'd really love to know your thoughts on what this year has meant for young writers and perhaps how it's maybe shifted the needs or, or focus of some of the young writers that you're working with. Yeah, I mean, I think in many ways it is a really difficult year to be a young writer. I think, you know, there are dual expectations placed on writers at the moment, and some of which are quite um, unreasonable. Like, people are expected in some quarters to be working more than they would normally because there's this idea that with lockdown comes more time um, and that with more time you should be more productive, but I don't think that that necessarily is true. And... I think, you know, writers, as anyone uh, would be in the present circumstances, are feeling, you know, pretty emotionally disaffected and pretty, you know, traumatised after some of the events of this year and that expectation to be producing content all the time is really difficult. You know, some people are able to and have the headspace to be able to do it, but not everyone is. And then there are many industries that writers work in that have been really decimated by this sort of thing. Like, I also work in the performing arts, and, you know, there are lots of writers who write for the performing arts who've lost gigs and lost contracts because companies can no longer produce shows or, you know, film sets are no longer able to operate because of social distancing. And, you know, that has flow-on effects on things like the publishing industry. I know there are lots of people that have had books delayed, uh, like the launches of books, because, you know, even though it seems like now would be a great time to uh, release a book because everyone's sitting at home reading, the statistics show that people are actually buying less, so the books aren't doing as well. So it has been a really difficult year for writers, and 
that's another thing that we tried to sort of fold into the programming as well. You know, it's quite difficult, um, even pre-COVID, uh, to break into this industry and get a foothold, uh, whatever, you know, industry in the broad umbrella of fighting you might work in. Um, and so it, it can be easy to feel a bit disaffected and, you know, to feel a sense of, like, battle weariness after a while. But I think we wanted to make sure that while the program acknowledges how difficult it can be to get a foothold, that it was also pragmatic and optimistic and gave riders a sense of, you know, purpose and reminded them that there's a lot of joy to be found in the job and the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's pretty rough, but we're trying to, uh, you know, trying to build a sense of collegiality, I mm-hmm. suppose. Absolutely, and I feel like that's very much... One of the strengths of National Young Writers Festival, I've been attending and been a part of it for quite a few years. And I think just the coming together of people and, you know, just listening to other, uh, you know, emerging and young writers and seeing what's out there and making those um, connections. And I think it's really great that you've been able to forge this new digital space for that to be able to happen and perhaps happen differently. And that I think it could be quite exciting. Um, hopefully there'll be a, there'll be things that we can take out of this that, you know, in the future when it maybe does go back to uh, being in Newcastle. Um, Mike, I'd love to, I suppose, speak to a couple of the events. I don't want to ask you to um, pick your favourite, but um, I suppose is there any events that you feel like have come out of the fact that you've had to transition to digital and, and something that you perhaps didn't feel like was as possible um, with the physical uh, physical festival? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say that I love all 48 of my children <laughs> equally. Uh, but uh, there are definitely a couple of events that are very strongly digital in their focus. Um, we have an event that was originally pitched by one of our artists called Vidya Rajan, who's Melbourne-based as well. Um, and... Uh, that is a sort of like stream of consciousness, like poem sort of thing that's operated through a publicly accessible Google Doc. It's like a like a poetry relay race where one poet will write a segment and then the next poet will come in at the last five minutes of theirs and see how they're writing. And then when they log off, the next poet takes up the mantle. So we're going to have this live document that kind of changes voice but follows one theme for about three or four hours on the fourth day of the festival. And then we also have an event that I'm really excited for called Apocalyptic Sourdough, uh, where we've got um, four writers um, that are each doing two interview segments. The first is with a Sydney-based comedian called uh, Jack Gow, where he interviews them while they're cooking in their kitchens to ask them what their uh, last meal would be and who they would eat it with. And then when that segment is done, they move on to a second interview with a Melbourne-based writer called Panda Wong, and she interviews them while they eat their meal um, and asks them uh, about the significance of food in their writing and, you know, food in their culture. And it's just a really lovely, warm sort of... Uh, community-style event, and I think it speaks very nicely to this kind of strange digital moment that we're living in, like, you know, Zoom calls between friends and this kind of new intimacy that we've had to build um, given the challenges that we've been facing this year. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They sound like really exciting events and, yeah, as you said, things that really appeal to this digital space, um, which is, you know, exciting. It presents uh, some new opportunities. Um, Mike, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's been a pleasure to to chat with you. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic.
Uh, we were just chatting there with one of the co-directors of this year's National Young Writers Festival, Mike Kennedy. If you do want to check out the program, you can head over to youngwritersfestival.org. You can check out all the amazing artists that are going to be taking place that are going to be a part of, should I say, this year's festival um, and all the uh, events that will be taking place. It is held from the 1st until the 4th of October, so in just a few weeks. This is Beth AQ. Thanks for listening to the podcast of The Glass House, a weekly radio show that airs on Triple R each Wednesday. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch via Twitter at Bethany AQ or the Triple R website, 